for the Indians. One run on, let's see, one hit. That's all we got. One goddamn hit. You can't say goddamn on the air. Don't worry, nobody's listening anyway. From the Gateway Lounge in Sioux Falls, it's Nobody's Listening Anyway. Here are your hosts, John Gaskins and Matt Zimmer. Nope, still not at the Gateway Lounge. Still haven't quite reached that point yet, although things are getting better. Uh, the good news is, is the Gateway is open, and it was a great Summit League tournament viewing headquarters with all the games, all the days, places for those Jackrabbit and Yote fans to go since they couldn't go watch the games in person. And, of course, like every year, it is an NCAA tournament March Madness headquarters. If you're looking to play hooky or not, just get out of work. Make that a national holiday for you on Thursday and Friday next week for two of the greatest sports days of the year with uh, your brackets busting and March Madness bursting. Uh, go to the Gateway with their over 30 TVs, their awesome service, so you're never without a beer in your hand for too long. And, of course, their great food. And uh, you, you, you could spend all day there. You could spend all day inside. You could spend all day on the patio. They have one of those. It's awesome, of course, just off of the I-29 exit, West 41st Street. It's the Gateway Lounge. I am happy to report, though, that I have a beer in my hand for the first time while doing this podcast, and I can't remember how long. It's not like it's illegal for us to drink beer at our houses while we're doing the podcast together, but uh, I, I haven't really thought to do it. Zim, I mean, part of doing this and doing it at the Gateway was we're doing this while having some beers. Um, and I, I've never even asked you, like, this whole time uh, doing this uh, remotely. Um if uh, if you've ever had a beer in your hand, if I did, it was a while back when maybe we were taping later. But for the last few months, we've usually been doing this around dinner time. Yeah, I usually don't get started that early. I do know, uh, like, <laughs> it's funny that you said, you know, it's not like it's illegal for us to do that, obviously. But um, one nice thing about the pandemic and covering things remotely is there were a few Jackrabbit games this winter that you know they have a like a five and seven or six and eight double header that I'd watch on TV. And, you know, I'd usually wait till the second half of the men's game, but then I'd be like, you know what? There is nothing stopping me from having a beer while I watch this or even writing my story. And let me tell you, that's living. That's how to do it. We should maybe, uh, keep this pandemic thing going on a little longer. <laughs> has, has, has it ever gotten to the point where, yes, let's do it. Yes, let's go out and uh, let's find a way to, to get it and then spread it. So just for our own sake of being able to uh, drink while we cover things. Um, yeah. By the way, did that ever uh, affect your your tweeting or your consciousness? Did you ever at one point kind no, of I tweet like something to... or write something where you're like, ooh, I wouldn't have done that. That would have happened no, if I... So. No? I never, I never had more than one during okay. a game. I mean, I, I certainly would have more than one that night but not while i was working is it usually more than one where you get to a point where you're like if either you are working or you're trying to be functional that uh that you start to notice that that's when you're not uh, becoming functional anymore it's usually about two for me the older i get the more it's like i don't know if functional is the word but like like there are certain things that i can do and do well, <laughs> even if I've had a few drinks, but just working isn't one of them. So like, even, <laughs> even if I wanted to like be a jerk and like risk my job by working drunk, I would never do it because I just, I can't like, yeah. even like if there's a, a night where I don't have to actually cover something, but I just have to like write a story at my leisure in my home. 
like, sure, there's nothing to stop me from drinking while I do that. And I'm sure a lot of writers do that. Yeah. I, I can't. I can, once I have, like, one beer on my brain, like, the last thing it wants to do is work. Yep. And even, even work that means, like, you know, formulating sentences and creating content. Like, I, I can go out and mow the lawn, something like that, but I cannot, like, I can do physical labor. But any kind of, like, oh, hey, I, I, I guess a long way of saying I've never written a story drunk. I couldn't if I wanted to. I wrote some college papers drunk back in the day. I'm sure you did too back in college. I don't think so. I don't really? think so. I think I always okay. waited till I was done just mm. because cause I just can't. Like, I just don't have that yeah. that ability. It's e- that that's a bad thing. You know, exactly. Well, it's, yeah, just having a little bit of discipline. Uh, Probably kept me out of trouble, yeah. Yeah, and, uh, well, for broadcasting, obviously, it's even harder because unless you're Harry fucking Carey, uh, it's not that endearing to be slurring and, you know, drunk while you're on the air, so... Um, have I done some remotes here and there on the radio or, of course, our podcast together, of which there is virtually zero consequence of slurring or sounding a little drunk? Um, yes, but, like, I'll, I'll quick story. I'll never forget, like, when I just started at KWSN in Sioux Falls back in, like, 2008, Craig Maddock and I would go out to a, a golf course every week in the summer. We And it would be called Fairway Fridays. We'd cut a deal with the golf course, get to play some golf and go do the show. We'd eat lunch between the end of our round and the show. And they'd, you know, and, and they'd ask us what we want to drink. And the first time we did it, I asked Craig, do you mind if I have a beer? He's like, <laughs> he basically said, go right ahead. Not something I do or I'm going to do, but go right ahead. Basically, you go and try and see how that turns out for you. Uh, because he wasn't just my co-host. He was also my boss. So, uh-huh. and of course, like an idiot, I did. But uh, I stopped. But I stopped at one because because um, I'm kind of yeah, like. And you're probably okay. Yeah, because but that's the deal is you you will have one and after the first couple of sips it's the mentality of I'm loosening up, I'm loosening right. up and relaxing. Maybe this will help me do a better job of whatever I'm trying to do, and feel better uh, about doing it. But then it gets <laughs> it gets sloppy real quick for me. One time uh, shortly after I had only been at the Argus for a year or two, and it was when uh, my family still owned the Buffalo Wild Wings here in town. So I knew all the people that worked there and everything. And I went in there for lunch with a couple coworkers. And one of the bartenders brought me over a shot, <laughs> not a beer, a shot, like a tequila at like one oh, o'clock God, in the afternoon. Geez. Like, hey, Zim, hey. And I'm like, uh, I didn't know what to do. They're all looking at me. Like, it's yeah. kind of the same thing with Craig. Like they didn't look at me like, you better not do that. But they also didn't be like, yeah, go for it. They're just yeah. kind of looking at me like, so how are you going to handle this, bud? And uh, well, I took it and then uh, was like, oh, that was really embarrassing, even though it wasn't. And then, uh, you know, <laughs> trying to wash it down, flush it down with water or something. Yeah. Uh, the only thing that, that reminded me of one other story. Also, shortly after I'd started the Argus, it was like probably 04, 05, 06, somewhere in there. And the twins were in the playoffs. And uh, I went down, it was a Friday night, which, and of course, Baseball playoffs are in October, right in the heart of high school football season. Mm. Well, Friday night, I had specifically asked for this Friday night off, even though I normally would have been covering a high school football game, because I was like, I'm going to go watch the Twins. I don't want to go cover Lincoln O'Gorman. And my boss at the time gave me the night off. Probably didn't want to, but he did. And uh, so I went down to Wild Wings to watch the Twins game with all my friends and family. And about, uh, I don't know, maybe 7.30, 8 o'clock, so probably like the third inning or so, my boss calls me, and normally in that situation, I wouldn't have even answered it because I was like, oh, this cannot be anything good. But I was like, eh, fuck it. I've already had three or four beers. What's he going to do, you know? Yeah. So I answer the phone, and he's like, what are you doing? 
I'm like, I'm at B-dubs getting drunk watching the Twins. Why? He's like, I forgot to schedule someone to cover the game, whatever game it was. Oh, no. And I was like, oh, sucks for you. And I was like, maybe you should go cover it. <laughs> I'm, again, a little loosened up by the booze. I was probably smart enough. To, <laughs> I was like, yeah, too bad, dude. He's like, no, I need, I need you to go cover it. I was like, um, I can't. He's like, no, you have to. We can't. Like, he was freaking out. He was way overreacting. <laughs> but he, he just can't. Like, I was, I was like, dude, I've had five beers. Yeah. Like, I can't even, I can't get in a car, let alone go, you know, yeah. try and interview high school. Like, what, what are you, what's with you? Yeah. And he was, he was just like, no, we can't, well, well. Like, like, I don't know if he thought he was going to lose his job if we, oh my God, didn't have someone covering the Lincoln O'Gorman oh, game this one okay. night or whatever. But, but it was, I was like, I'm sorry, man. I can't help you out. I absolutely, like, he's like, oh. are you refusing to go? I was like, absolutely. I was like, there is no way I'm going. Like, I took this night off. This is your fault. This is your problem. Oh. Hung up on him. Did, did anybody cover it? <laughs> Usually Stu's uh, got. Usually Stu has O'Gorman covered. Oh, see yeah. what happens to me. I drink a half a beer and I take a shot at Stu. Yeah. Uh, um, I think he either like ran out there for the end of it just to get a quote from one of the coaches. Yeah. I don't know what happened, but okay. I remember like I could not have been more unsympathetic to him. I was like, "This is your problem. Like, you I did nothing wrong here. Like, yeah. am I supposed to not have any beers on my night off just in case you need me? Yeah. You know, like." Sorry, man. That's not how it works. Yeah, that, that is that that is a great reason, not just an excuse. It's a great reason to get out of work. Sorry, I'm drunk. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> See, you don't want me working. Uh, and and by the way, this is this is what one half beer has done for for the podcast as well. Now I want to now I want to tell another story about me uh, drinking uh, on the job, but it was a college job. Um, and it, and it was the college newspaper. So let's be honest. So Nebraska versus Texas tech, I'm covering it for the daily Nebraska and it's a football game. And I went down there with a couple other buddies and we were, you know, we partied on Friday night and, uh, and, uh, Saturday, you know, recovered hangover. Cause they're like, yes, it's a night game. It's fine. We can, we can be, we can sleep in and recover and whatever. But then, you know, some people we had met in Lubbock wanted the, you know, that we're, we were, of course, we're tailgating before the game, and several starting several hours before the game as tailgaters do, and so we took part because we we're like, well, college newspaper, there's no edition on Sunday. We just have to get this done sometime between, you know, when we leave Lubbock, Texas, for on a 14-hour drive for Lincoln on Sunday and uh, and Sunday night by whatever 11 p.m. and uh, so it's not like we it's not like we're on deadline or anything so we're like fuck it let's have a couple drinks we'll go up sit in the press box and take notes but we have nothing to write we don't have a deadline but the problem was is you have that mentality and again after about one you're like this is fun and uh, yeah let's drink more and uh, I don't know how many we had enough to where we were functional but like on the elevator up to the press box it like dawned on both me and my buddy that like uh, we're going to win a press box with uh, a few dozen media, some of them from the country, because <laughs> Nebraska's ranked like number three in the country, and we have to not now we have to pretend like we haven't had drinks and uh, we're not drunk. So um, and it was a it was a boring blowout game. So uh, it was a, I had a hard time not falling asleep, which I guess technically would be passing out. So, uh, but we made it through. Made it through. Are we done? Good story. Was it a good story? Or was that a bad story? That was not good at all. Sorry about that. <laughs> I was waiting for something funny to happen, but all you said was like, "One time I got drunk and went to a football game." Good story. <laughs> well, it, made, it just made us very paranoid about running into people and them, and like we're college kids. Of course, they, there there might have been an insinuation that we might be drunk, uh, but uh, we live up to the stereotype. Embarrass all your colleagues. I I guess I don't know. We didn't really care. Probably nobody really noticed. But uh, um, 
No, but it did, it did make it, it did remind me like it was really sunny before the start of the game, and I'm like, I wish I had I wish I had sunglasses a to cover up my eyes and b. And then I'll never forget Woody Page. Okay, the this is the follow-up. The Woody Page, about two months later, Nebraska versus Colorado, and it's the Friday morning nationally televised game, only game on earth, but it's an 11 a.m. kick in Lincoln. And I'll never forget Woody Page was just starting to become kind of famous as a guy you'd see on TV every now and then, columnist for the Denver Post. So he was in Lincoln to cover Colorado, Nebraska, and I'll never forget seeing him uh, just like in the big buffet room for the for the press spread before a game that they give you. And again, 11 a.m. and Woody and whoever he's he's with, they're just sitting and they have their sunglasses on indoors and they just almost have their hands in their forehead like they could barely sit up because they were probably either drunk or still drunk from the night before. Did I save any face there by telling that story? Or did I just Not make really. it worse? Nobody knows who Woody Page is. You do. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, we've been doing this for 20 minutes now. 12. Actually, just 12. And, uh, well, it feels like a half hour. But Yeah. All right. Well, the uh, this was our Summit League review show. Uh, last week was a Summit League preview. And... Uh, Look, it, it, it went just as it, just as we just as I thought on our preview show as it would go, right? The eighth seeded Omaha women who were supposedly terrible, of course, oust top seed South Dakota State on the women's side and uh, make it easy for USD. And of course, the Oral Roberts men win it all. I'm pretty sure I predicted exactly that. After, of course, Oral Roberts um, beat SDSU and uh, and North Dakota State beat USD. Pretty sure that's exactly what I said would happen. So, I mean, I think we both had USD's women winning it, didn't we? I sure did. Uh, I think I mean, you've so. You've kind of been stupid not to with Maya Selling with Maya being, out, being so. out, yes. But we didn't expect the <laughs> Omaha women to beat SDSU. No, but, nobody did. And yeah. that's, I mean, obviously the, the big story. And um, I think it was apparent, it probably became apparent, you know, should have been even in the regular season. They played the Jacks pretty tough during the season maybe weren't as bad as we thought they were. AJ, to his credit, had kind of been saying it even before the game, like, hey, these guys aren't that bad. They were healthy. They had a good game plan. And the Jacks completely shit the bed. I mean, that was as bad as they could play. Part of that definitely is because of what Omaha did to them. I mean, they had a good game plan. They played well. But I do think maybe Omaha's a little better than we gave them credit for, especially then they go and beat Western Illinois uh, in the quarterfinal or in the semifinals to get to the championship. So that makes it look a little better if you're the Jacks, I think. Although USD then had no difficulty with Omaha, won the tournament as I think we expected them to. The good news for the Jacks is they're still going to get in at large. I mean, I think it's not 100% sure, but it's pretty damn close. I mean, I haven't even seen them on any lists, you know, as a bubble team. I mean, everyone seems to think they are assuredly in, and they probably deserve it. It's just that, you know, obviously they could have potentially looked at a really high seed. That's probably not going to happen now. And also, I even wonder if the committee looks at them and says, okay, we have to put you in because you earned it with what you did in the regular season, beating ranked teams, running the table in your conference. You deserve to be in this tournament. But we're not going to do you any favors beyond that as Mm -hmm. far as seeding or where we send you because it's apparent to us that you are not the team that you were. You know, you you take your best player away, and, yeah, you win those last few games down the stretch, and it's kind of like, oh, hey, maybe they got some here. Maybe this is still a team that's capable of winning games. Well, I'm not saying they're not, but they just looked really exposed yeah. by Omaha. You know, I mean, they didn't play well at all. They didn't look super into the game or inspired or whatever phrase you would use. Um, and it's just hard to envision that team 
making much of making much noise in the tournament. So my guess is they're probably going to be either an eight or a nine seed because what the committee does there is basically say, all right, we'll give you a 50, 50 shot of winning your first game by putting you against another eight, nine seed. And then if you manage to win that game, we feed you to the wolves and you get a number one seed yep. in the second round and you're done. So that's kind of where I anticipate that ending up. Whereas if they'd have gone to at least the championship game or won the whole thing, you know, maybe a four or a five seed would have been on the table. Yeah, well, funny you say that because last week they were a six seed. I just go to Charlie Cream, ESPN Bracketology, because I figure he's the most influential guy or at least the most famous guy. doesn't mean he's going to nail every pick or every concept, but um, the Jacks were a six seed last week, which means they would have played an 11 seed, and then uh, had they won that, probably played a three seed. And, That's what they were when they went to the Sweet 16. Yeah, in Syracuse, right? So um, they went from a six seed to a nine seed with this loss. But I thought, you know, in the moment, in the heat of the moment, like they're, you know, they're they're struggling to score 40 points against Omaha, and this game really isn't close. It didn't feel closer that they ever threatened in the fourth quarter. No. And like this could be so destructive. And uh, but you're right, they had built a good resume. Right now, Charlie Cream has South Dakota State. It cost them three seeds. To your point, they are a nine seed, and they'd be playing Marquette, and then they'd have to play Stanford, a number one seed, the next round. The good news is, while that's that's a big uphill climb and a punch in the gut, uh, the entire NCAA women's tournament is in the uh, San Antonio and. I believe it's all in San Antonio, if not San Antonio slash San Marcos, but the whole San, the whole San Antonio metropolitan area. That's it. All of the rounds are there, so it's all neutral, and um, so they're not going into any lions dens. But yeah, they will get fed to the wolves in the second round if things hold. Of course, other things could happen, but it, it, according to him, they, well, they look like a nine. They look like a nine seed. Yep. And I wouldn't pick them to beat an eight seed without Maya Salant. I mean, they could yeah. do it, but I wouldn't favor them to do yeah. it. Yeah. Um, and meanwhile, the Coyotes are a ten seed right now, uh, according to Charlie Cream. So, and that I think that holds steady. That's where they already were. So, winning the Summit tournament didn't boost. But again, look who they beat. Obviously, they didn't have to play the number one seed and beating number three NDSU. I didn't see their RPI. Yeah, if, or they, if, they'd have, if the yeah. Jacks had made it to the final. That would have given and USD had beat them. That would have given them their first win over a ranked team. They don't have one this year. Yeah, so they're a, would have given them one. They're a ten seed playing Iowa, number seven for what it's worth in the Hemisphere region. Uh, get, there's the Alamo, Mercedo, Riverwalk, and Hemisphere. That's what they're calling the regions of the NCAA women's tournament, which is all again in San Antonio. So that's that. Um, what was your uh, what was your biggest takeaway from the men's tournament? That it was awesome. Yeah. Uh, that it was really really good basketball, really good games. Uh, and that was what we were all kind of hoping for and maybe expecting. I mean, we said going in that, hey, the top four teams are maybe as closely matched as they've ever been. And, you know, the five, six, seven seeds were all pretty good, too. Uh, Omaha, the eight seed, was maybe supposed to be the, the one lame duck, but they made a pretty good showing. They, you know, they didn't by any means get embarrassed by the Jacks. They played them tough. And then once you got into that second round, uh, two fantastic semifinals, a terrific championship game. Um, that was fun. You know, and, and I don't think anyone can say that Oral Roberts didn't earn it, that they don't deserve to be there. But I also didn't don't think anyone would have said otherwise if uh, it had been SDSU or USD or North Dakota State. I mean, I don't think, you know, I know Jacks fans are pissed off because that's three years in a row now that they haven't won, but they didn't choke. You know, they played a good game. That was a hard-fought, really entertaining basketball game. Oral Roberts just beat them. You know, they just came out on the short end of a really good basketball game. I don't think they have any reason to 
that hang their head. I don't think you can blame Eric Henderson or anyone else. And, you know, then when you factor in that they were playing without Noah Friedel, I mean, I don't, I'm not trying to like make excuses for him, but again, you know, if he'd have been there, it might've made a difference. Mm-hmm. Uh, same, same for USD, you know, they played real well. We're, uh, you know, in control of that game most of the way, but never able to pull away. And I, I think when you're playing North Dakota state, which became even more obvious the next night, when you can't pull away, uh, you're kind of playing with fire. Uh, but again, I don't feel like USD really choked either. You know, they're playing without their best guard uh, in AJ Plitzelite. And, you know, then they get into some foul trouble and they just didn't have a real deep roster. And things just kind of went North Dakota State's way in the second half of that second half and give them credit. They found a way to win that game. Uh, but it was, a, it was a very good game. And, and, you know, for USD to even get to the semifinals, that 2-7 matchup, certainly it's a game they should win. It was very similar to the, the game SDSU lost last year. SDSU was a two-seed last year, and right before the tournament, lose their best player. Doug Wilson couldn't beat seven-seed Fort Wayne. It's the exact same situation USD was in this year. They managed to win that game. That's a credit to them. And like I said, uh, played well enough, almost, uh, to get to the championship against the Bison. And then that championship game, man, I mean, I'm not sure if you give North Dakota State all that credit or, you know, you have to throw shade at Oral Roberts because – it's 45 to 20 at halftime. Mm. I mean, that game looks like it's over and it should be over. I mean, Oral Roberts isn't, you know, a world beater necessarily, but with all the weapons they have, there's just no way you should be able to give up a 25 point lead in the second half. And you almost have to try to blow a lead like that. And it kind of at times looked like they were, but again, you do have to give credit to North Dakota state. You know, I have beaten the drum over and over again of what a good coach Dave Richmond is and how he always just sort of finds a way. And that game was sort of a microcosm for their season, their entire sort of tenure under Dave Richmond. Whenever you think you can count them out or they don't have the firepower to do something, they go out and do it. And in this case, it was almost did it. I mean, to come back from 25 down in 19 minutes, tie that game, that was incredible. Uh, and I honestly kind of like, like, it was cool that Oral Roberts won because they're a fun team to watch and it's nice to see someone else win it besides the same two teams. It's been SDSU and NDSU every single year for almost a decade now. Mm-hmm. So on that level, it was nice to see Oral Roberts win, but I didn't feel like they deserved it. You know, I kind of mm. felt like North Dakota State deserved to win that game with how they fought back in the second half and just a couple breaks didn't go their way at the end and the Golden Eagles managed to advance. But like I said, that was, you know, you could argue that was as good of a men's tournament as we've had. It just is, feels a little weird to, to say that because it didn't necessarily feel like it without any fans it would have been really, really fun if oh, you'd have yeah. had, you know, between seven and 10,000 people there for all those games. Right. Well, yeah, the semifinal games were a blast down to the final minute, and uh, and the title game was almost a miraculous comeback. And, yeah, we could we could talk about the fan thing, which we have in the in the past couple podcasts, and it, it's an interesting topic since now that you actually uh, experienced it and you wrote about it after day one. And I'm sure everybody read that column already, so maybe we don't need to cover that. But uh, here's you mentioned that game and NDSU deserving it. I can go with you on that. Uh, that's that's a tree. The entire forest from a 30,000 foot view to me is Oral Roberts did win it. And as you wrote, first line of the story, first time since 2011, it's been somebody besides the Jacks or the Bison. And it just happens to be on a year where there were no fans to really uh, make that another element for a team like Oral Roberts or anyone not from the Dakotas to overcome. But 
I think it's good for Summit League basketball. I think it's uh, I think it's somewhat maybe an inspiration to the schools that aren't from the Dakotas. Again, the men, well, women's side, it's even more Dakotas dominated. But I can say, you can do this. You can come in here and do this if you had a good enough team for ORU. It took as offensively prolific of a team as the Summit League has seen in some time. And... Uh, but they, they did it, and so I think it's inspiration. I also think it kind of can tamp down, perhaps, on excuses for teams outside of SDSU, USD, and NDSU for not being able to win a Summit League tournament. Because it's an easy excuse to say, well, those are home games for those teams, and it's harder in a one-bid mid-major league to recruit from outside the Dakotas when you know that those are the only three games that matter, and they're so hard to win, and it's, you know, and... I'm guessing that excuse has been used a time or two for these schools who can't break through. Well, ORU broke through. And and by the way, to boot, they are an offensively fun team to watch. And so I think they'll be a good product and good representation of the Summit League and might be uh, a fun team to watch. And I don't know how much of an upset bid they will provide, but... Um, you know, they're, they're, they're a blast to watch. I'm, I'm glad it was them to become the first team in a decade outside of these borders, uh, the Dakotas, to win it. Is that, is that, over, is that overstating it? Um, uh, I, you know, I think Oral Roberts, I agree with you. They're a fun team to watch and be interesting to see what they can do in the tournament. But as far as it changing the, the narrative, I don't see that at all. I mean, what you said seems counterintuitive. Like, you can say, oh, see, now there's no excuse. Someone else from outside the Dakotas finally won. Yeah, because they're all fans. This is literally the argument they've been making all along, is that if you made it a more neutral site, it would be more fair to the other teams. We just made it a neutral site. SDSU's women lose the first game, literally the first game they ever had to play without that crowd they lost. I mean, obviously there's mitigating circumstances with Maya Selland and the other stuff, but, like, it's just a... If you're trying to make the argument that the crowd and all that stuff isn't a factor, that's a bad look. That goes right, you know, 100% against what you're trying to say. They couldn't win one freaking game without having that crowd. Now, SDSU's men, I don't think it was as much of a factor. In fact, you know, we had talked about maybe the the crowd almost doesn't help them. They seem to get nervous around it. So maybe that's maybe they would have lost to Omaha that first game. I, I, I highly doubt it. But um, when you look at it and say, oh, Oral Roberts finally won. Someone other than a Dakota school finally won. Well, yeah, because they didn't have that crowd there. Um, if the championship game had been Oral Roberts against North Dakota State in the Premier Center, would there have been 9,000 fans there? No, but there probably would have been 3,000, 4,000, 5,000. Yeah. yeah. And they would have been 80% NDSU fans. Yes. And it would have felt like a home game for the Bison. Probably would have made the difference. We'd probably be sitting here talking about North Dakota State going back to the NCAA tournament. So that's tricky because in some ways what happened over this weekend at the Pentagon kind of proved the point of people like John Kaufman or Scott Sutton or who anyone else. I, I mean, I, I shouldn't even use names because I can't say for sure which guys have been especially vocal about it. Kaufman um, was. I think he was. I know he was. Yeah. But even he kind of softened a little bit. I mean, he, yeah. I think he started to realize he was just sounding like a whiner. But yeah. and anyway, I mean, I wrote a column today that hasn't been published yet. It probably will be by the time this goes on, goes live. But yeah. saying basically, that's not such a good look. We kind of saw that you take the fans away and it does affect the games. But does that mean we should change the format, that we should rethink the Summit League tournament? No, it doesn't. Because for one thing, uh, even without fans, even during the pandemic, uh, Sioux Falls was still uniquely equipped to be the place to have this, you know. 
Um, it was the Pentagon was sitting right there. We can say, okay, we can take it out of the Premier Center, move it to the Pentagon. We've seen all throughout this winter, this basketball season, this pandemic, uh, how competent and ready the Stanford Pentagon folks are at putting these tournaments. They've been doing this all winter. Mm -hmm. You know, this was a walk in the park for them to do this. Then you throw in the fact that, okay, no one can go to the games. Now we have to watch them on TV. Well, guess what? Thanks to Midco Sportsnet, that was a pretty good deal. Like they do, as you know, you and I have talked about a lot, Mm -hmm. an awesome job covering that tournament, just like they did the NSIC, all these other tournaments, you know, that is something you wouldn't necessarily have in other places. You might have some level of it, but Midco's not going to Tulsa. You know, Midco, maybe they would, but I kind of doubt it. You know, that's a big part yes. of it, too. Um, yeah. Sioux Falls is still, I think, even after this, the best place to have this tournament. And if assuming everything goes back to normal next year, you move it back to the Premier Center, you know, if South Dakota State sweeps them next year or USD or whatever, again, that's kind of a bad luck because it'll just sort of prove that, yep, the fans really do mean something. Uh, but this is mid-major basketball we're talking about here. And to get eyeballs on this tournament, to make this a big deal, uh, to provide these student-athletes. I, I can't believe I'm talking like an athletic director calling them <laughs> student-athletes. But, uh, but to give these players, um, you know, the chance to, to play in this kind of environment. And, and how many other places, other chances will they get to do something like that? Yeah. Um, I, I just think it, it was a weird year. And it's kind of funny looking that SDSU – didn't have the success when you took their fans away and everything. But I hope we look back at this as just, well, that was that one weird year we had to go to the Pentagon Mm -hmm. and next year it can kind of return to normal. Yeah. Well, it ain't going anywhere. They, the summit league has obviously built its offices here and uh, predicated that this is the biggest event. And yeah, it's um, not going anywhere. If South Dakota doesn't pass this stupid transgender bill, mm. um, that's the one thing that can take it away. And I mean, we'll see what happens over the course of the next, not just few days, months and whatever, but it's already passed uh, through the it, – it basically goes to the governor now. And Christy Noem has already basically come out and said she's going to sign this thing into law, which, cool, we get it. This is a red state, and everyone here hates transgender people, apparently. But you, you, it's fine to say, well, this is you know states' rights. This is how we want to do it. Fine. But you, <laughs> there are repercussions to doing shit like that. And now, all of a sudden, the NCAA has already – I mean, did you not learn – did we not learn from what happened in North Carolina a few years ago – they passed their bathroom bill. The NCAA says, cool, North Carolina, we're out. We're not coming there anymore. And it'd be one thing if this was a state that, you know, no one cared about. But we bring a ton of championship events to South Dakota already. You know, if you think about the Summit League tournament, sure. But the NSIC tournament, sure. But also think of all the championships we've actually had here. You know, the Division Two championships, basketball, wrestling, volleyball, have all been at the Pentagon. You know, we brought that uh, Division One regional women's tournament to the Premier Center five years ago. Um, this, this, if if the NCAA ends up instituting some sort of ban on South Dakota because of these transgender laws, that could even take away. Could I'm not saying it will, but it could take away US, <clears throat> USD and SDSU's ability to host the home playoff game. Those are that's an NCAA championship event. Now I don't know how far it would extend. I don't know how punitive the NCAA would get if they did try to play hardball and say we're not coming to your state anymore because of this stuff but it's a very real possibility uh, I heard from some sources this week that there were some very high up people in South Dakota and you can guess some of the people I'm talking about um, who were calling around to high ranking government officials saying what are you guys doing have you not considered that this is going to have high you know very far reaching uh, effects that well, let's be honest the whole thing they're doing trying to you know prevent men from playing girls sports that's how this stupid thing is being presented Mm -hmm. this is a problem that doesn't exist this is not happening 
So let's say, in theory, we end up losing the Summit League Tournament, the NSIC Tournament. Jacks can't have their home playoff games here. Like I said, I don't think all that stuff is going to happen. But if some level of it happens, you'll say, okay, we lost all that, but what did we get in return? Oh, we stopped no one from doing this thing that wasn't happening. It's just, it's kind of mind-boggling. Whatever your opinions are on that stuff, and I don't want to get into that, although I think you and I, it's pretty clear where we stand on that. Whatever your opinion, this is a problem that doesn't exist. There, our, our girls and women's sports in this state are not being infiltrated by men and boys pretending to be girls. Mm-hmm. That is not a thing that's happening. And we're facing the possibility of having major events, some of the best things we do in this state, taken away for that. Yep, it seems pretty ridiculous. I, but I'm guessing the influential people that you're talking about are the people whose uh, wallet and business would be hurt, not necessarily because they're standing up for the right thing or they're big LGBTQ activists. The you ones would be that are mostly on the right track there. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, yes. That that's it. We we stand to lose money. You know, forget about the humanity. We stand to lose a lot of money and big events if uh, that that'll get that'll get some people who are wondering which side of the fence to be on that transgender thing thinking is hey we're gonna lose our sports damn it uh, our big events I don't know with the Summit League I'm not sure because because uh, I I think there's been some ACC basketball tournaments men and women that are still played in North Carolina I think this is more the national NCAA level like regionals and stuff that it may affect I mean it could be whatever they want that's the other thing yeah um, I don't know how how much pull it will have necessarily. But today, literally today, um, a group of NCAA students from across the country drafted a petition that they sent to the NCAA uh, saying they want the NCAA to stop hosting events in states that have harmful hmm. transgender laws on the books. And not just and NCAA-sanctioned events, they, but even they like... They did not yeah. say championship events. They said events, period. So yeah. what they're basically saying is what you're already doing now, which isn't an official stance, just where they sort of... Uh, boycotted North Carolina a few years ago. They've kind of given some mealy mouth statements where they've talked pretty tough, but not really backed it up in practice. What this letter is saying is, we want you to put your money where your mouth is. We want you to start taking this more seriously and not just provide lip service. We want you to start holding these states accountable. If they listen to that at all, that's going to, because like you said, right now, I don't think the Summer League tournament would necessarily fall under those auspices, but they could. The NCAA can do whatever they want, essentially, they can decide at some point, we're not coming there for this reason, that reason, this reason, whatever. I don't know what the chances are of any of that actually happening, but it's growing by the day. And if we pass this law, which it looks like is imminent, I think the only thing that could potentially help us, um, and again, when I say help us, I'm talking about the sports side of it, which sounds shitty. I'm not even talking about the people that this is harming. Yes. But just from, from a sports standpoint, the only thing that would help us would be if some, you know, some sort of lawsuit is filed, some or, or just Christy Nolan at the last minute going, oh, I don't want to be known as the governor who took away the Summer League tournament so that I could bash transgender kids and has a last-second change of heart or something. But yes. um, it's definitely something that it's, it's this is going to become a much bigger deal over the course of the next few, like I said, weeks and months and maybe even years. We're just now starting, I think, to get into what is going to be a big deal. Oh, man. So... So many thoughts racing through my head about all this, but I'll I'll keep most of them to myself on, on what you're saying and, ta- and and circle it back to the Summit League tournament being in Sioux Falls and uh, putting all of what you just said out of the equation, which I'm glad you brought it up because it's reality uh, and people should should understand just from again a purely sports point of view how big of a deal this stupid bill might be. Um, 
that, of course, Sioux Falls is the right place to have this. I think most coaches, even though they hate the fact, again, outside of the Dakotas, that they have to play these road games in conference tournament to decide if they're going to actually ever go to the big dance or have a big you know, breakthrough moment for their program or their schools, uh, well... It happens in every conference. I mean, I kind of, I feel like I have to say this every year when we talk about this because it's an interesting topic. Because, um, yeah, it just seems like, yeah, this favors mostly the Jacks, somewhat the Yotes. More of their fans are showing up year after year, but the Jacks have great programs who have greatly benefited from having the Summit League tournament here every year, being being the thing that decides again up until I think last year when we finally got an at-large bid from this from this league. Uh, Everything revolves around those three or four days. Okay, but the Big 12 tournament is usually in Kansas City or Dallas. So, yep, yeah, I mean, it's always favored the Jayhawks, who are always the Blue Bloods anyway. They don't need any help. They, they don't need help by basically having the Big 12 tournament in their backyard every other year. And for the first, like, 30 years of the Big 8 Big 12 tournament, every year, I mean, they're, they're, they're almost always the best team. They don't even need the home court advantage, and they still got it. But that's partly the deal is – every league is going to have a tournament that's going to be really close <laughs> to one of the schools, right? And uh, also, it helps if you get a lot of fans from that school to come down because obviously you're selling more tickets. I don't think this is anything that needs to be explained to anybody. It's still about the bottom line and the almighty dollar and money that will be going back to the schools and their athletic programs. And so your best situation for that biggest uh, event that gets you the most revenue is to, again, have an event where, unlike a pandemic year, there's a ton of people filling those seats right and buying that beer um so it's uh but it's not something that's unusual to the summit league in sioux falls the acc tournaments in like greensboro or charlotte every year it's it's every year it's it the the scales are tilted for the tar heels and the blue devils who do not need that anyway but Mm -hmm. um but it it, you know in 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 the pac-12 unless they have that thing in vegas it's gonna be in la or usually in la or, or or the bay area okay well there's Two schools in each of those markets. So this is not its not an unusual situation. Where do you want to play it? You want to play it in Siberia? Um, you want to play it in Tulsa where they got like 300 fans a game, you know, before it came to Sioux Falls? So, all right. That's beating an old drum. But, um, but it was – you know what is cool, though, Zim, in a weird way, that we got to see that lab experiment happen. That, yeah. uh, that 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 those teams that you know bitched and and just you know hated that uphill climb got their opportunity for one you know presumably for just one year to uh, you know to have things neutral for them. Yeah, I agree, and I still think the biggest thing that ever refuted the argument was a couple years ago SDSU's men losing to Western in the first round. I mean, that was Mike Don's senior year. They had Skyler Flatten. Kevin King, <laughs> that was a loaded team, mm-hmm. and they lost to a bad team. Well, the worst with in the country. Everything on their side. If they, if that, if that can happen, anything can happen. Yeah. Uh, but again, what happened this 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 weekend was, you know, to put it mildly, uh, kind of interesting. And I'm sure every other coach in the Summit League right now, and even the ones that have moved on, the IPFWs, the Oaklands, the IUPUIs. I'm sure all those coaches, when they saw what happened, had a little chuckle to themselves and kind of said, eh, "What do you know?" Yeah. I, I would if I was them. Yeah. Uh, any anything else? The the wrap on the Jackrabbits or the Coyotes seasons uh, heading into next year. Uh, obviously, these these kind of feel like what could have been if uh, Friedel didn't leave uh, to to help his own personal situation. 
which we applauded, rightfully so. And the Yotes lost A.J. Plitzewite at the last second. So, yeah, we're going to wonder what could have been. But it was also a pandemic year. A lot of things went sideways. Uh, those two programs seem healthy. And uh, are most people – I, I don't have it in front of me. Is Doug Wilson coming back, or is he, is he out of eligibility? Is that it for him? Nobody's out of eligibility. That's right. He, is Doug Wilson coming – but they don't have to come back. Is he going to come back? I've heard that he will, and okay. I'm guessing he will. All right. So they're going to be pretty good again. They're going to be really I mean, damn good. They, they probably would be anyway, but Oral yeah. Roberts will be loaded again next year. Yeah. The thing that sucks for USD is it sounds like AJ's injury is bad enough. He might not even play next year. Oh, man. I mean, it happened at the very end of the season, and it was a devastating injury. It wasn't just a, oh, you know, he'll be back and I mean, boy. And especially next year, I'm sure, will not be a free year, so to speak. He already sat out one year. Um, to transfer up from Augustana, he'll probably end up taking a medical redshirt next year, I would think. I mean, I, that, that would be my plan unless he miraculously can recover way, way quicker than than you would ex- normally expect. So okay. that definitely is a tough blow for USD. And from what I've heard, that could impact Stanley Amude's decision. He might decide – I mean, he's probably obviously not an NBA player, but certainly can play professionally somewhere. If he looks around and goes, okay, the Jacks are loaded the next year, or Roberts is loaded next year, NDSU is loaded next year – uh, but AJ's not coming back for us. I mean, Stanley's already, what, 23 years old? I mean, it might be time for him to say, all right, I'm going to Europe to make my money. Mm-hmm. So that could be a tough situation for the Yotes next year. Yeah, we'll have to see. And and it, it, it circles me back to something I tweeted after they lost to North Dakota State, and obviously nothing to hang your head over to lose to North Dakota State in the Summit League. Any year, but especially this year, they had a really good team, and they were healthy, completely healthy, unlike the Jacks and the Yotes. But... Um, so they're never a bad pick, and it's never a bad loss. Having said that, it kind of feels like the, the USD women finally cracked through. They cracked through all the way back in whatever it was, 2014 with Amy Williams. Um, but the, the men still haven't won the Summit League tournament. And, uh, you know, they, they, they had a chance when they won the league. They probably had their best team under Craig Smith in, I think it was 2017, and the Michael Orrest shot by the Jacks in the semifinals when they got hot at the end of uh, T.J. Otzelberger's first year. Um, but they, yeah, it, it felt like if there's any year they could do it where the door was slightly ajar, and maybe that's an overstatement because the door wasn't, it, if it was ajar, it, 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 it slammed right back in their face with A.J.'s injury that late right. in the season. But it kind of felt like, but after, uh, you know, after the Jacks lost to Oral Roberts, you're like, okay, this, could, this is finally going to be it for USD. And Todd Lee's in his third year, and uh, I think he's done overall an excellent job. Uh, but, uh, you know, Yotes fans are hungry for that first title, and uh, I, I get the perception he still isn't thought of as well as Craig Smith was as a coach. And uh, he's not as charismatic. Who is? And I just think this was this was USD's time. And you know, and but every for about the last five years, we've been saying, "Is this USD's time?" And it hasn't been. But um, I guess everything you just said lends it to a big question mark: is if they'll have enough well, of a team next year for to get another crack next year. Once AJ went down, I didn't like their chances. I I I think this was, you know. A lot of it, people looking at, oh, this is our shot, especially, you know, then, like you mentioned, Noah Friedel goes down, that seems to open the door for them. But when AJ went down, I didn't like the chances. I didn't think they were going to beat North Dakota State. I don't think they would have beat Oral Roberts if they'd have got there. Having said that, you're absolutely right in that, you know, USD fans are getting tired of this. It's cool that their women have been to three tournaments now 
but it's not sexist to say that the men's tournament is the big one. That's the one that people really want to see. That's why you go Division One is to try to get your men's basketball team to the NCAA tournament. And they've had a couple chances, and it hasn't happened. And when you throw in there that it's happened, what, five times for the Jacks, five times for the Bison, something like that, that's frustrating. And, uh, you know, until that happens, USD fans are going to continue to be, you know, gnashing their teeth about it. This is, like I said, that's why you go, is, is for that for that tournament, for that accomplishment. And it hadn't happened yet. Nope. All right. Well, that's uh, that's about it. I think we can save our football. You know, we've got about five more weeks of football for for next I week. Didn't, I didn't see any of the games anyway because I was covering basketball. Right, so. and, and that it wasn't nearly... I take that back. I take that back. I watched most of the Jacks game because I got home just when it was starting, and then yeah. within five minutes it was 42-3. to three, Yeah. So. Not a whole lot to rehash there. Western Illinois, not good. Mark Gronowski, Valley. Yeah, for true freshman Mark Mark Gronowski, the Valley Player of the Week in his third game as a as a college football player. But uh, yeah, it was it was a little bit tamer of a week of uh, of football. UND looks for real after what they did to USD, and uh, but hey, we'll have something to talk about uh, next week, and uh, maybe we could have gotten in a good ten minutes of of uh, football talk had we not spent ten minutes. Uh, talking about drinking on the job at the start of this, but <laughs> who gives a shit? Uh, you know, uh, life goes on. Everybody will live with that. Uh, should I cut out the part about the uh, the Texas Tech and the Woody Page stories? Should I edit that stuff out? No, John, leave it in. People have got to hear that. Oh, my God. <laughs> the problem is you that... Should edit out, you should edit out the part where you ask me my opinion of the show during the show. That's what you should edit out. That's my favorite part because it's such an awkward <laughs> moment. And I never know what you're going to say. Uh, uh, that's why I love the endings of these to always be incredibly awkward. So uh, we've done it again. Happy awkward ending and talk to you next week. Thanks, John. See ya. Why are you laughing? That was a terrible outro. Fuck you. Because <laughs> you know around drinks? Yes.